My favorite feeling about being drunk was the, and what felt like it stretched to the bottom of my soul, I don't give a fuck. And I, I liked it there. I liked it there. I do not give a good horse fuck. Welcome to the podcast, Conduct Unbecoming, Stories of Addiction and Recovery. My name is Benjamin D., and each episode I get the opportunity to interview a member of the recovery community. In this episode, we get to hear from, in my opinion, the most interesting woman in the world. Just being around Linda, you can feel her amazing, encouraging energy, and I think it really comes through on the podcast. Enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, Conduct Unbecoming. Um, excited this morning. We had a little hiatus. I uh, haven't had an episode in uh, a few months, So, um, but today I'm very super excited to have uh, my guest, Linda M., right? That's right. And I met Linda um, through outpatient treatment. The group uh, instructor had told me about you prior to um, me meeting you, and she's like, oh, you got to meet this this older lady that I have in my morning group, and she's so fucking cool. And I'm like, dude, quit fucking talking about the morning group. What about us, you know? And she's like, oh, but they bring me food every time, and I'm going to... I think she even brought some of your cooking. So before I even met you, I knew you, and uh, but then I, I, met, I met her, and I just think she's, like, such a cool, cool person and has such a neat story. So uh, I wanted to interview you. So welcome to the show, Linda. Well, thank you for having me. I can't, I, I can't see I you have, behind um, the, the popper stopper. No. Can I do anything <laughs> about that? <laughs> Her whole head is covered with the uh, popper stopper and the microphone. Yours, too. Is it? Mm-hmm. I just want to start out by asking a couple introduction questions. Would you consider yourself to be in early sobriety, early recovery, mid-recovery, or long-term recovery? I think I am midway. I have a a number of physical reasons to be extremely wary of alcohol. So that helps in the decision to not relapse. Right. And, you know, that was a different perspective than I went into this with. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's interesting the difference um, with different substances because I've seen, you know, with alcohol, it just really, it's like it allows the person, whereas with harder drugs, you kind of, um, use them and then maybe OD or you, you get strung out, you lose your job and, and your life goes to shit really quick. Mm-hmm. But with alcohol, it's almost like you can maintain. I yeah. see people maintain oh, for, for a fucking decades. To- yes, and absolutely. It just, it just does a toll on their body. Um, the first story that you had, um, swimming Bass Lake resulting in rape and mayhem. That was one of my leaving Las Vegas drinking periods, drinking to such excess that I didn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah. And uh, I, I left my job at the newspaper and borrowed a friend's van, and I was living in this campground for end-of-the-world losers, <laughs> people that could not possibly live anyplace else. Yeah. All had their campers or converted buses. or I lived up there for two years and wow. drank myself stupid in that bar, mm. Bass Lake Bar. And on a dare... And I'm not a swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) On a dare, I swam across Bass Lake. Well, the other side of it was a pretty steep 
bank of about maybe 20, 25 feet, but it was all muddy. It was like, I don't know, like 75 degrees maybe. Yeah. It was like a cliff. Kind of, only mud. Oh, my God. By the time I got to the top of that thing, I don't know how long it took. Oh, my God. So, wait, you had to climb up that mud cliff after swimming the whole lake? Yeah, because, you know, my only other option was to swim back. And by then, I was getting sober. (laughs) The alcohol was wearing off. (laughs) You didn't take one with you? It was like, no. Oh, man, you didn't have your flask with you? No. But then, at the top of the thing was this man I had been seeing who was very, very, very bad news. But I didn't know how bad. Yeah. He was very angry with me for that stunt because mm. apparently he was rowing after me because, uh-huh. you know, he knew I didn't swim very well. Right. Yeah, so he was pissed. And uh, it got violent because, uh, you know, he beat me. Mm. Uh, and then he tied me to this picnic table with nothing on and raped me and left. And I had to stay there all night. Until somebody found me in the daylight. That's terrible, dude. It was terrible. It was really terrible. I'm sorry uh, that happened to you. Yeah. That ended up in this like crazy manhunt through the woods up there looking for this guy because he'd run off. And they found him. And he turned out to be r- really a way worse person than I knew. He, he had just gotten out of prison for uh, destroying a woman's face with a broken bottle. Oh, my God. Yeah, that did mark us a little bit of a slowdown in the drinking. Yeah. But that didn't last long. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah, that is a kind of a brutal story. Tough, yeah. But me swimming across the lake was pretty fucking funny at the time. That's hilarious. But I, you know, as I'm listening to it, I think about how I put myself in these, like, super unsafe situations. Oh, but yes, But it absolutely. starts out as fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it starts out as it's all, but quickly it turns dark and then, like, Really fucking dark. Yeah. Yeah. Really fucking fast. I, well, I would like to be able to say that that was the last risky thing that I did in my drinking years, but I would be lying. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the next one here. We got okay. waking multiple times in the ER. I was in and out of the ER all the time. A uh, couple of times I'd stopped breathing and ambulances would come and... And I'd wake up, and, the, you know, Carl's face is there. And Carl does not have a big arsenal of uh, tools for dealing with feelings. And Car- Carl's your husband? Carl's my husband, okay. yeah. yeah. He's not real equipped to deal with, like... No, he's like a good that. guy. Right. He's just, uh, he's very closed in. He doesn't like dealing with feelings. They confuse him, and I'm all feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd wake up and I'd see that in his face, you know, the, the anger and the fear and the judgment. You know, I know enough about the differences in humans to, to know that that is Carl's best way of dealing with something. He was there because he loved me. But it's not really a love I can feel because yeah. it's not me. I told Carl once just recently that, uh, I said, Carl, when you look at me, you look like you were just told that you've got to get a root canal without anesthesia. (laughs) And he goes, no, I don't. And I said, yeah, you do. That's why I thought of it. It's so fucked up, but it's it's, it's hardest for me to show my love and compassion to the people that I love the most. 
that I see every day. I just have, it always happens like when I'm in a relationship, I start taking the person for granted. Can you go into any details about medical stuff? You said that you had a lot of medical stuff from. Um, oh, oh, would you sure, be to? sure. I'm absolutely willing to because that is the. That is the heart and soul of my message to people recovering from alcohol because uh, uh, I, I'm old. I'm, I'm almost 73. Oh, my God, dude. I thought you were in your 60s for mm. sure. <laughs> Thank you. I and guess. that's not even saying that. I told several people that I was interviewing you. I'm like, yeah, she's like mid-60s. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, almost 73. But th- well, thank you. Um, and your energy. Well, yeah, I'm... I'm only old on the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, you can wait too long. You can drink too long. And mm. ultimately, uh, when you reach an age where your body is already in a natural decline, uh, advanced alcoholism puts that on steroids. Mm. Um, and the result of my whole drinking life, but, but particularly the last three years in, in, in which it was almost constant, um, I, I have a, a disease called white matter disease, which is the slow erosion of the white matter in your brain. It gradually takes things away a little bit at a time. Um, when, when the symptoms get really bad, which is... Uh, Incontinence. I'm so thrilled with that <laughs> fucking one. And it rapid sucks. onset dementia. Mm. And that's followed oh, that, usually within six to 18 months uh, death. Oh my gosh. But I have a very early form of it. I have a lot of faith in my brain. I, I, I started out with a pretty good brain. Yeah. I could lose a shitload brain cells and still be way ahead of the crowd (laughs) i love it so uh i I trust my brain to find workarounds it happens in brain damaged people all the time you know their brain finds another route Mm -hmm. yeah doctors say they'll never walk in never talk again and then they end up being able to and then certain lifestyle changes which i'm already making it's Mm. my struggling with cigarettes they have got to fucking go but it's so hard it's much harder than alcohol nicotine is addictive and the delivery system of nicotine that's the tricky part you're smoking it you're inhaling it so it's instant yeah 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 yeah. and i love my cigarettes but they have to go but i am struggling with that for sure Mm. oh and then you know heart disease i gave myself heart disease my bone mass went down went from a only 20 percent loss just natural by age mm-hmm. three years ago. Was that like o- osteoporosis? Osteoporosis yeah. to 80% now. Whoa. So my bones are real brittle. And all these things are permanent. These are things that I did to myself, that I allowed to happen to myself from that long, 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 long time of deeply abusing alcohol. And, and that's the message I would most like to get across to younger people who are struggling is like, fucking don't do this. <laughs> Look that up in the dictionary and my picture will be there. <laughs> <laughs> do not do this. Don't wait so long. Do it while your life is still in front of you. Yeah, yeah there's a price to pay. Um, oh, dear if you, one. If you decide to you know, drink, I mean, sure, it's legal and you can get away with it, but there's, there's a price to pay. 
How do you balance, because I, I hear you sharing about the medical issues. I'm, I look into your eyes when you share and, and you say that it's permanent and I'm, I'm just like trying to wrap my head around that because I've never been there. Mm-hmm. And I'm the best I can, can compare it to is like the damage that I've done in the relationship with my daughter and how it's, I can't really change that and I can't change the situation, but I'm trying to do something different today. Like you're trying to do something different. How do you balance that? I don't know if I call it regret, but that past that I fucked shit up Mm -hmm. and now I'm paying for it and I'm going to be paying for it for the rest of my life or my child's paying for it. But I also got to try and stay in today and focus on today and be positive and I'm doing good things, but it's like, I still did that shit, man. How do you find yeah, that? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a great question, and it's really something that I've given a lot of thought to because, you know, I'm in the midst of it. Yeah. I've come to feel real compassion and sorrow for that woman that mm. lived that way. Yeah. Um, not, not any judgment, though. I mean, she is who I am, which is essentially a really good person. Yeah. So I feel I don't I don't know if what I feel is regret. I feel sorrowful for her. Yeah. But I'm also a very kind of practical minded person. And the fact is, as a mom of seventy three, so you know, I'm already elderly in terms of longevity. Yeah. Uh seventy six point nine is the average, average age of death for a woman in America. And so you know, it's already too late to die young and leave a pretty corpse. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you're still going to leave a beautiful corpse. <laughs> Thank you. And I, I don't know. I feel um, I feel more hopeful and forward looking than I think I've ever felt. Uh, I don't think I ever chose a direction for myself. I just took whatever was in front of me and did it real intensely. Mm. And uh, this is the first time in my life I'm like. I did not enjoy any of that fucking shit. (laughs) Not anything. I I don't know why I tried so many different... I tried... I have tried so... I I have been... I've lived a thousand lives, I swear to God. Jobs and people and places and... Changes what I did. Always, always, always. But never by really choice, just by whatever popped up. (laughs) And now I have an aim direction I have a yeah I have a firm direction and um, I'm a writer okay. and I have a serious body of work to leave behind even if I delay too long in publishing but I have come to the decision in recent months through my recovery that I'm ready to uh, be public nice. with what I've written so and you were a journalist you mentioned you worked at yeah, a newspaper yeah, right yeah wrote I was a column a, yeah. mm-hmm. I was a feature writer for the Yellow Springs News, and oh. I also had a, a syndicated uh, food column called Kitchen Prose. Okay, that's I remember uh, you talking about that. Yeah. I, I won several journalism award, national journalism awards for that column. I was real nice. proud of it. I want to ask you, because it interests me, about death, and uh, I think about death a lot. Um, just wondering what happens, so what it's going to be like. I hope it's easy Mm -hmm. do you think about it often i mean what yes yes but i always have yeah i always have too you know even as a child 
and and I also had uh, I went through a couple of decades of my life early in my teens and twenties of uh, a number of suicide attempts. Very grateful that none of them worked. I wasn't yeah. very good at it, but you got to give me brownie points for keeping at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you to- you told me one time when I was talking, it stuck with me because I feel the same way. I just think about if. I would have died, or if you would have been successful in the suicide attempts, if I would have OD'd, all the shit I would have missed. Oh, my god! All the gosh, good and the bad. Yeah. And you said, but it's been real fucking interesting. Mm, it and has it been very, it it's been a very interesting. I can't complain about yeah. feeling like I've missed out on much. Yeah. I think we're pretty fucking lucky just to be chilling on this earth, to be honest with, with yeah. you. Yeah. To, to be human and to be able to enjoy yeah. this shit. Pretty cool. And it's getting nice in Ohio, so I, I can finally, say Finally, <laughs> finally. I didn't think like, I was I lo- ever going to I love this earth. Warm. I love And then I'll be <laughs> motherfucking everything in the winter. All right. Uh, so we got the last one. And this one is, and we talked, we've talked about this a little bit with your husband, with Carl. But finding myself and discombobulating my husband, he didn't like me drunk, didn't like me sober either. Yeah. Under almost any microscope, I have a pretty strong personality. And um, this is kind of an overwhelming thing for him. Our, our therapist used to say that I flooded him, that, you know, him just being around me because he's a very closed-off, quiet man, and I'm none of those things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but, you know, he picked me, so there's something in there that he liked. Yeah. You know, we just don't breed well in captivity, either one of us. We're both such loners. Yeah. So is, does Carl drink? Oh, he used to. We were both heavy drinkers when we met, and uh, that was a, a big part of our courtship and early living together. Familiarity breeds contempt, uh, reared its head. Things got violent for a while. And uh, uh, the, the, uh, his final act of violence ended up in the whole jail, separation, court. Blah. So you guys have been through a lot. We have been through a lot, yeah. And uh, he, had, uh, he got a suspended year, but he's a felon now. And um, he hasn't taken a drink since just stopped he just stopped he just without any sort of program or anything or any no sort of no help? no he did all the court ordered stuff uh, okay. but he did it like a court ordered person so uh, um i feel like carl uh he's a very goal oriented guy yeah. he said i'm quitting drinking so he quit drinking hmm. but he didn't do all that work of recovery right and so, he, kind of, he's 22 years into a, a dry drunk syndrome. In the early months of his dry drunk, and it was really bad the first couple of years, which is also, I quit drinking with him. Oh. When he, that was in 2000. Okay, so that's the 17 years. That's a seven, I stayed dry so, for 17 yeah, when, years right. with him because, I, you know, that seemed very unfair so tell us about that because that's interesting too. So you your your husband had some legal consequences. You guys decided 
to drink, quit drinking because, or he quit, he decided to quit drinking. You wanted to support him. And you guys made it 17 years. 17 years, yes. Without a program. Yes. I don't get that. It, well, you know, I don't either, really. Just abstinence. Not really working recovery, but just kind of being abstinent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure that I recognized consciously during those years that I also had a drinking problem uh, okay. because I wasn't focused on my drinking. I was focused on supporting Carl. His, yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, and then, you know, time slips by. That year I um, happened out of that cocoon and uh, uh, signed up for the uh, Antioch Week-Long Writers Conference. And uh, that reminded me of everything that I was. And that quickly involved a martini here and there, and then a couple of martinis, and then a bourbon night, and all quite sociable and intellectual, you know. Socially acceptable, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were delicious, so every one of them. How quickly... Um, did you like go full blown from that? Oh, it, it wasn't long. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I have noticed just recently in going over my pattern over all the decades of my drinking. And um, after each dry spell, there was a seven year dry spell too. Wow. The others are like maybe a year or two. Mm -hmm. But after each dry spell, when I went back to drinking, it was at a more committed level. Yeah. Like it didn't start off slow. Nope. It was a deep dive to the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, progressive. That's what they mm -hmm. call the you know illness, disease, alcoholism, progressive. And it yeah. always blows my mind because that exact same thing happened to me. I had 13 yeah. years clean yeah. and touched anything in 13 years. And then I'm fucking smoking crack like every day yeah. like that. Yeah. And obsessed with it. Can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, and, I know. It's so strange how it gets, it gets a hold of you like that. Yeah. My favorite feeling about being drunk was the, and what felt like it stretched to the bottom of my soul, I don't give a fuck. Yep. And I, I liked it there. Oh, yeah. Love it. That's I the, liked it there. That's what the Benzos do for me. I do not give a good oh, horse yeah. fuck. I don't give a fuck about nothing. I don't give a shit, dude. Yeah, read my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap up with this. So I'm going to read uh, Linda's shirt for everyone. She wore this can today. You see it? it says, uh, yep, I can see it. It says, I will not water myself down to make me more digestible for you. You can choke. <laughs> <laughs> Linda, is there anything else that you want to uh, say? No, this has been um, this has been very interesting and very pleasant. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I listened to your whole podcast. All of them. Oh, cool. Just Thank recently, you. And, and they're wonderful. You do a very good job, and, and your people are fascinating. Yeah, the people are awesome. That's yeah. really what it yeah. is. You just got to find... I mean, it's easy. You just find interesting people, and then just ask them some questions. Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right, thank you again for coming. I appreciate you taking your time out. I always thank like to tell people that, because I realize this is an hour or whatever out of your time, and you, know, you did that, and I really appreciate it. So thank you, Linda. Loved having you. Thank you. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions or comments, 
please feel free to email me at conductunbecomingpc, like podcast, at gmail.com. Conductunbecomingpc at gmail.com. Thank you.